I can buy a um, we can. I mean, I can buy a house that has a podcast studio in it. Boom. It's like all soundproof and stuff, and I can go in there and lock the doors, and then I will never have to worry about the kids because I won't hear them at all. That you know, that sounds potentially dangerous. Probably <laughs> should be able to hear the kids. I should like, be able to hear. No, well, Amy will be home. Oh, okay. No, that's that. That works. It won't work because she'll kill me. That's. will be. She'll be like, it's a perfect place to kill you where nobody will hear you scream. Well, that would. But think of how good a podcast I could turn that into. You could turn it into a true crime podcast. It's like it's like my own version of serial right there. Yeah. Hey, Brian, how was your Labor Day weekend? It was full of fun, excitement, and uh, and actually you. It was oh. full of you. We we spent uh, we saw quite a bit of each other. I know. It was some planned, some impromptu, some nights that didn't even happen. Like that Saturday night was on the cusp of of happening and not happening. We were back and forth. There was one day where I think I ch- we changed our minds like three times. We meaning my wife and I, and more appropriately, my, my children needing childcare. Ugh, the struggle. <laughs> right. Tell, tell me about it. Uh, well, now you couldn't tell me about it, but I'll tell you about it. Yeah, we kept switching back and forth, and we are going to have uh, my sister watch the kids, but then she had to go to church with uh, her son. Not had to. They go to church. So they had the, the Catholic Mass on Saturday night. But I wanted to bring all three of my kids to Mass, and then I felt guilty, and then I was like, oh, we're not going to do it. But then my kids spent the night at a friend's house. Nobody cares about this. But yeah, we spent uh, some time together. What did, we, uh, what did we do on that fateful Saturday evening? So we uh, took in some live music, had a little, mm. uh, had some tacos, a little condado action. Ooh. And then we uh, took in quite the show, uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. If you've never heard of them, highly recommend you check them out. Mm. Very uh, funk soul type group, rock. It was a uh, good time was had by all. Yeah, and they um they they listen to this podcast too. So, um, keep playing, guys. Killing it. You guys are you guys are nailing it every time. We also found out something interesting. Um, this was the night before the North London Derby, but I feel like you kind of you got some you got a true confession off your chest on Saturday night. Not quite sure what you're referring to there. Uh, no, you 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 really uh. You wanted to wear my hat, and you wanted to wear my Liverpool hat, and you put it on, and you, you even posed for a photo, and I mean, you you really seemed excited. I think there was a little bit of like, okay, oh, this feels right. This feels good. Because you, you were going in, you had a bad week of, we talked about it last week, you had a bad uh, weekend with Tottenham last weekend, and then you after the break, you even said, oh, I've... I've recovered, or you said some kind of terminology that made it sound like you were done with Tottenham, and then that that hat, the the evidence is damning, and it's adding up. So let me let me explain uh, the real story here for you. So, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mister Costello, he has a we'll go with a large head. That might be generous. No, I I think you would you should say a large brain. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know the size of your brain. I can only speak to the size of your head. You're you're a fairly smart guy, I guess. But 
Um, I I'd, I'd been drinking. Surprise! I know you're all you're you're all shocked at that. That might have been the Florida State game coming out. That that might have been the Florida State game coming out. You're absolutely right. Ugh, God, why? Um, and so you know t- we're talking about head sizes and hats for some reason because apparently uh, my hat's barely big enough to fit your son, who's one. Who also has a big brain. It's, he's almost two. Let's give credit where credit's due, okay? Excuse me. Sorry. I meant no offense there, sir. Um, and so you asked me to try on the hat. Me, of course, having been uh, inebriated, I was hoodwinked into putting on this hat that I hadn't been paying attention to that had this uh, red logo on it from some soccer team that plays in some city where the Beatles hail from. Same, the same bird that's on my arm. The same bird that's permanently inked into my flesh. I'm, I'm a fan of a different bird. The, <laughs> the bird is the word. Oh, I thought you were going to say the bird. Not well, the bird is the word either. I thought you were talking about sign language, but continue. That works. So, that works. So, so, so you're lying to our audience, saying that I made you put the hat on. Continue. That's where you left off. And then you know I had the hat on, and a picture was taken. Um. You know, we'll go ahead and say it was uh, consented to. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that. It may have been consented to. Had I been in my right mind um, and having not uh, still in the deep, deep throes of, of depression after a miserable football game that I watched and getting ready, one of my favorite bands to absolutely rock the house. I don't know that that event would have gone down the way it did. <laughs> Oh well, um, I, I we we see things a little differently. I thought you were, you held your faculties very well. I couldn't even tell that you had um, been drinking. You know, I'm good at hiding it. I'm I think a, that's just a testament to your commitment to having a good time and to remembering that good time because it was it was a night worth remembering. Like you said, they um, they rocked the house. It was it was a damn good show. It, it, like I, so you have to forgive me. You probably know their names and all that stuff. But the lead singer, he, he was just wow, amazing. And then he just was kind of um, off the wall. Not off the wall. He sings amazing. It looks effortless. We, Amy and I were talking about it. It just seems like it's just easy for him. Like, how did you figure out you sang that well? And he's wearing this big flashy robe that's apparently part of his deal. Um, but if you listen to the band. You would not imagine that the lead singer looks the way that he does. He looks kind of like just a dude, just a yeah, regular dude, like a short, pudgy white dude. And uh, when you listen to it, you, you're probably picturing a fairly large uh, African American gentleman. And yeah, it's just a little short, pudgy white dude. It's kind of like the first time people heard uh, Rick Astley, and you were not picturing Opie from uh, Andy Griffith. <laughs> I just want to tell you how I'm Yeah, exactly. But he, um, and then at the end of the show, last last uh, song they did, he ends up like the artist will will tape down carpets or they'll tape down something on the stage just to cover up chords and to make sure that there's no nobody tripping on stage. And he just crawled underneath it, but he was still singing, and he still sounded amazing. He sounded like he was just. People are like, where did he go? And then they they put the camera on him, and he's like rolling underneath this carpet. 
but he doesn't even need to stand up and project. He doesn't need to like get the diaphragm ready and stand up straight. You know, like he, he was rolling on the floor and it sounded like he was just singing like normal. The guy was amazing. I was, I was thoroughly impressed. Can't recommend St. Paul and the Broken Bones enough, guys. No, go out and listen to them. Um, they're a good supporter of the podcast, as you should be also. Um, so, no, it was a fun Labor Day weekend. A, the boy did not sleep very well that night. It got about four hours of sleep. So that's Sunday. Thank God there were three days off because that Sunday Oof. was was rough. I took a nap, and I don't normally. I, the only naps I take are accidental. It's usually two a year. I get these accidental naps that just like come over me. But this was a intentional, I laid in my bed, nap time, which does, wow. I, I probably since I've had kids, and that's over nine years ago, I have probably haven't taken a, a legitimate nap. And that was a thing of beauty. I woke up, like, I didn't know what year it was. I didn't know, like, what time it is. My, my whole frame of, of time was, was, was thrown off. It could have been seven o'clock at night. It could have been noon. It could have been five in the morning. I had no idea what time it was. Glorious. Just it was great. It was great. And it's, uh, yeah, yesterday we just, um, we it kind of impromptu invited you and the missus over for a little uh, little barbecue action. We had a hipster's delight. We had some uh, uh, pepper jack burgers with avocado on it and uh, uh, what was a pimento cheese spread also. Yeah. Yeah, good time. <sighs> had, some, had some IPAs. I still have one left and I'm drinking one tonight. It's a double ipa from unveiled mm-hmm. brewing have you ever heard of them i'm not familiar with unveiled actually it, it doesn't say where they're from i should have done some research this is the kind of commitment i have for these podcasts um but it's 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 really uh oh it's from uh louisiana oh brewed and canned by world brews abita springs louisiana huh anyway uh so yeah we uh it was a good labor day it was not full of a lot of labor Outside of the the Saturday night, um, son not wanting to sleep thing, but it was it was a good weekend. Brought brought to you by our friends in organized labor. Let's not forget. Oh no, you can't forget the unions. That's that's what America was built on. I am pro union. I come from a Roman Catholic Cleveland family, a very strong union family, and I um, I support all those and I lift up a drink to those who have uh, gone before us and paved the way for us to get more than one or two vacation days a year. Here, here, so, here, here. Um, before we start the show off, before we do an introduction, all that stuff. Um, how'd you feel about that? Uh, North London Derby or Darby. Darby. If you want to sound like the boys down at Endeavor. You know, it's it's funny because it's funny how your expectations going into a game can completely change as the game goes on. So if you had told me at the beginning of the game, we're going to go to Arsenal's home ground. I hate those jerks. We're going to go to we're going to go to their ground. We're going to get a, a draw, come out of there with a point, especially given our recent form. I would have been absolutely thrilled. But context told, is key. Context is key. I'd have taken that all day, right? Yeah. Then as the game goes on, we get up to a two to a two nil lead, and so now I want the win. I'm out for blood. Like, let's step Dubs on their necks. Let's step on their necks and go, boys. And then you know you give up a goal uh, right before the half, 
which I hate when that happens. I hate when you've got a 2-0 lead, you give up that goal right before the half, you don't have a chance to respond, and you go into that halftime where that goal is just eating at you. And it, there was definitely uh, a lot of uh, conversation at halftime and endeavor among the Columbus Spurs. Uh, there were some nerves starting to show. We were really enjoying that first half. And then, uh, you know, the second half, we we struggled to struggled to get a lot of opportunity. We gave up a, a goal that was, it was pretty bad. But, you know, it was a disappointing draw based on where we started. But at the same time, top six club at our again at their home ground a game that we lost last year so we we lost to man city and to arsenal at their home ground this year both times got a result on their home ground you know the realistic fan in me is is pretty happy with it yeah and you you shared last episode their run of form has not been amazing so getting a point right now is very important until like they usually get into a groove. Usually they have a slump at the beginning of the season yeah, and they have some issues, but they usually come back from and they're able to write the ship and they usually never have to worry about acclimating new players into their lineup. So they usually, you know, once they get these injuries out of the way, I think you should be all right. We're always, we're all, we always get hot somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's happened every year for about the last probably two, three, four years. We've gotten hot. Right around that time, so we'll be all right. Don't don't keep losing to Newcastle, but I think when we get some guys <laughs> healthy, we'll we'll be all right. Well, we have Newcastle next week, and I'm nervous after seeing them beat Tottenham. I'm just kidding. Uh, last weekend we uh, we had a pretty fun uh, Burnley victory, three to three to zero or three to nil, three nil. Excuse me. I don't want to ruin the um, the illusion of my fandom. Um, Cor- correct nomenclature there. Yeah, I need to correct the, the the nomenclature of the the pitch and the match, and the and the football and the footy. Um, but no, it was it was a fun one against Burnley. The ref didn't have any cards; he didn't bring any of them with him, and it just it showed. Uh, we ended up winning three three nil, but Burnley they they got a little chippy. They're a um, they're prone to the Burnley's unquote, definitely prone to that. They're a small. And this is what Arlo calls it, and all the announcers say they're a small, proud, tough, working class city, aka really white. And they, um, <laughs> they were just, they were just on the attack, and not in a good way. Not like trying to attack, meaning shoot goals. Like they had their opportunities, but like Liverpool has done this year, they were able to shut down their best player, their player. Uh, I forget the name of their striker. He uh, he had scored a goal in every match this season until Liverpool came to town. And kind of, uh, they didn't make them look bad. Liverpool controlled the game early on, but they came. Burnley kept fighting back. They kept coming back. They would get their own counterattacking, but counterattacking a counterattack team with the power of Liverpool—that's that's tough. Um, so now fans are trying to, uh, not fans, but the media, the hype train is trying to get a little beef started between uh, Mohamed Salah. And Sadio Mane, because when they were up three nil in the the, the 80, 85th minute, I can't remember the time exactly. It might have been earlier than that. Um, Mo and uh, Bobby and and Mane, the three kings, are uh, attacking. They're running down the pitch, and um, Salah has Mane off to his left, and he could have passed it over to him, and he was 
pretty wide open. And there was a lane too. There was a lane for Mo to pass it over, but he did it and he took the shot and he missed it. Well, Mane, whenever he got subbed off, was not too happy about that. And he got a little perturbed. And this is a guy who does not show his, um, he doesn't yell. He doesn't show his emotion. Like if you watch the Liverpool celebration of winning the Champions League, he he's not like boisterous. He's not somebody who's getting out there and, you know, in front of the crowd doing dances and stuff. Like at the parade, I don't even I saw him maybe two or three times and I watched the entire Champions League parade in Liverpool. Not it was on TV, but they were in Liverpool. And they barely showed him because he was just sitting. He wasn't getting excited. They didn't interview him. He's kind of keeps himself, but he showed a lot of emotion. And um, so now it's turning into uh, Liverpool in crisis. Or you see Twitter uh, folks, especially Man City and Everton fans, saying, oh, Liverpool, they're starting to break <laughs> in a match where we won three to zero. <laughs> it's... and. It's coming out now that everything is fine, and Mane is just a, a forward who wants to score goals. Shocker, right? You know that's what you want out of your forwards, though. I you want, want my forwards who's upset. Yeah, I mean that's you know Harry Kane. Harry wants to score. You know, I mean he'll just... take goals away from his own players. Hey, if it touches him, it's in. It's his. <laughs> We're trying to win some golden boots here, sir. Yeah, he didn't win it. Okay, let's go ahead and get it. Uh, let's actually get started. Let's let's. We have some other stuff we have to talk about, so let's take a breather and actually get into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Brighton Me, where we talk about soccer and we talk about other things. So today, we're going to talk about a little bit more soccer, more than you're used to in the um, the history of our show. But we're going to talk about the Champions League draw, how we mm. feel about the lineups that we've gotten. Uh, we're going to talk about our team's chances in the groups, and then we'll laugh a little bit at Arsenal and Man United and their Europa League draw. And we'll try to pronounce the names of the people in their group. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, not about making fun of them, about trying to pronounce the names. We'll also talk about uh, something about Ice Cube stopping the hurricane. Uh, looked like he uh, kind of the same way he took care of the kids in Are We There Yet? So we're going to talk about that. Um, so Hurricane Dorian, not not joking around. We do hope that everybody is okay and that everybody's bunkered down. But there were some um, good viral videos associated with the hurricane coming. Uh, we'll also update you a little bit on uh, fascism in Major League Soccer, where um, snitches do not, in fact, get stitches. Mm. Mm. But they actually get they actually get kudos from a certain team, which we will talk about momentarily. And then we're going to play a game. Our first game, it's going to be called Beat Bryant, not physically beat him, but yeah, more like don't yeah. beat me. No, not physically beat you because we're we're not even in the same room right now. We're doing this over a Skype meeting, so I uh, just a, a mental slash trivia based beatdown of Bryant. So, without further ado, we'll um we'll get right into the the talk of last week in the soccer world, and that is the Champions League draws. Champions. Cue the cue the intro music that just <laughs> maybe maybe my new favorite sports intro music. It's beating, the Champions League beating the old uh, NBC NBA uh, intro music, but 
Is that the one you're talking about? So great. Absolutely. Oh, I don't know. That NBA might. I don't know. The NBA might beat it. And then watching more NHL, they even they have a really good intro, like on the NBC um, NHL matches or games. I'm sorry. I always get the. I call soccer games games. I call soccer matches games and then hockey games matches. I've had you know, people. I've had people a, correct me. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. You're you're a big like if you're a big fan of hockey and it's all about being strong and hitting people and stuff. But you get upset if I say match instead of game. Get your all priorities right. in order, man. I need to I need to get the vernaculars in the right order, right? The nomenclatures and the vernaculars and the verbiage. <sighs> so, Brian, how did you feel about your? Um, your draw for Tottenham. Actually, who's in your group? So yeah, we got an interesting group actually. So the uh, the one the team from Pot One in our group is Bayern. So kind of a traditional traditional power. Um, yeah. We haven't we haven't played Bayern in the Champions League, so I'm pretty excited to uh, you know see see Bayern in our stadium. Go to Bayern. That's it's pretty exciting. But at the same time. I don't know how concerned I am. Like, Byron's beatable. Byron's not what they used to be. They play in a two-team league. Um, our three and four, are, I think, are very intriguing in their own way. So we also have Olympiakos out of Greece. And the research I've done um, in the last week or so on them is that is that is an absolutely insane place to play. Yeah. So they've they've gotten in trouble. Uh, numerous times from what I've seen of videos, they're constantly throwing flares and all kind of crazy <laughs> things onto the field. We, there's a non-zero chance of some good, um, good racism. Well, you know, no racism is good, but, uh, soccer racism, good old fashioned racism. Yeah. But exactly. not in a, in a very serious, uh, sarcastic way. Of course. Yes. And then finally, I'm not even going to, uh, try and butcher the name of this uh, of the name of this team. Uh, it's Cervania Sevesta. We'll go with that. Uh, it's Red Star Belgrade. Is the, uh, the oh the, that makes more sense. The uh, English pronunciation of that. Another place that you know, I know you guys had them in in your Champions League group last year, so I'm sure you oh, could could speak to them. We lost kind of, to them. Kind of a house of horrors from what I've seen online. Kind of along the same lines as Olympiacos. Like a a trip that you you might want to be careful if you're an away fan going to that ground. Like there's a video going around. I don't know if you've seen it of the players tunnel that you walk oh, through yeah. the stadium. Have you seen that? It's it's more like a player's like cauldron. It's like a really long ominous foreshadowing and it, it, it's long and winding too and there's like graffiti all over the walls and it looks like something like you're going into the gulag or something like you're in like <laughs> russia circa like 19 you know 78 or something and you're like Oof. like it's it's scary man it's <laughs> i got i got a little intimidated but i think it's a winnable group i think it's a group that i feel pretty comfortable that we should be able to get through, should be able to make that next round. Nobody in there is a team I feel like we can't beat. Mm-hmm. But I think if we don't show up to play with those those three and four squads, they could give us a run for, for our money. Like you said, you guys lost uh, at Red Star last year, and you ended up winning the whole thing. So they're, they're no slouch, and they're, they've been there before. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it should be interesting. I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, we Red Star last year. We um, not we. Well, I am. I'm technically a member of Liverpool, so I pay the money. Okay, we uh, we went there. We did not field um, the strongest club. We did not field the strongest team. So last year we uh, we kind of took uh, took them for granted, and they um, they beat us. So they are not a team to be taken lightly. I think that's a strong group. Group B. I think Bayern. There. Uh, I mean, they won. They're winning the German league, and they win it every year. But I, after watching them play Liverpool last season in the Champions League, like there's not the the feeling of playing Bayern is not frightening anymore to me. I just don't think it's the Bayern of five years ago. It's not, you know, Schweinsteiger running down and this strong team, like just winning. They're pretty much the German national team was Bayern. I was going to say, you know, it's Lewandowski. It's newer. It's these guys that, well, they've got name recognition are not guys that nowadays you're as worried about. as like you said, you would have been, you know, five years ago. I mean, there are guys on this team that won a world cup, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, they're beatable. Yeah. No, so I wouldn't be too concerned. Now, we um, we have a similar – well, not similar. We have one team that we played last year. We have Napoli back in our um, back in our group this year. Um, that was – we had to get a result from them at the last match of the, the group last year. But also last year they put Liverpool in pot four. We made the Champions League final, but since we didn't win, they put us in like the lowest pot, which – uh, you know, whatever. It's it's how they do it. So we were in a group last year with PSG, Napoli, ourselves, and then Red Star Belgrade. So it was not... Um, I wouldn't say it was a group of death, but you had three really strong teams, and then the team that we were supposed to beat was a team that we lost to. So I will take this group this year. We have Napoli, and then uh, Red Bull Salzburg, which not to be confused with Red Bull Leipzig, or not to be confused with New York Red Bulls. And then we have a team from Belgium called uh, Genk. G-E-N-K. Genk. I don't know how to. It's something Belgian. So I'd, if I just said something potentially racist, that was not for. That was not the rationale. That was totally just the name of the team. And I do not follow the Belgium, um, the Belgian Premier League. I don't even know if that's the name of it. You can tell again how much... Um, how much studying I've done, but I, I'm, I feel much better this year than I did last year. Cause last year, I mean, both Tottenham and Liverpool, we made it through the group stage by the skin of our teeth. Oh, like, really? Absolutely. We, you could have had a completely different champions league final because both teams got in what on, on goal differential. I believe. Yeah. We got in on, on goal diff. Um, and then you guys, yeah. I mean, goal diff is, it hmm. saved our skins last year. Yeah, so that's um a little a little more easy this year. I would say I'm more at ease this year. Not saying it's easy because you're in the Champions League. These aren't slouches. These are good teams. They're strong teams, and there's always a, a way for a Red Star Belgrade to beat you. I am worried that uh, our the number one goalkeeper in the world is potentially not going to play for the first two matches, oh. which kind of concerns me. Allison is still out. He's going is to be he? out probably for another two or three weeks. It sounds like so that's um, that's a little concerning. I mean, Adrian he um, he had a clean sheet. He's won a Super Cup in the last few weeks. Like days after he signed, he start he played a match, um, got a trophy, 
and has now had a clean sheet. So he's and he had saves too against Burnley. It wasn't just a Virgil Van Dyke show um, or Joel Matip show because the two of them are they're monsters. But I digress. Uh, the league, the group this year, I have no problems with it. What I do have a problem with is Group C. Yeah, and, and Manchester City. That group. I I do another podcast called Rust Belt Reds with a couple of Liverpool fans. We just talk about Liverpool stuff. Um, we don't get into too much about fascism or anything like that. But Man City, their group, they play Shakhtar Donetsk, Dynamo Dynamo Zagreb, and then Atalanta, not Atlanta, not Atlanta United. It, not I think United. it might be. It might be even more difficult playing Atlanta United, but they play. <laughs> they uh, it's it's a joke of a group. But on that podcast, Adam Wheeler, who's a friend friend of our pod, good guy, he texted that day like, "Watch Man City get Shakhtar and Dynamo," and then he listed one other team. Um, he actually might have listed the team that we ended up getting in our group, but he was one club away. Wow, from picking the exact same group for Man City, and it was as a joke. Because he thought, oh, Man City, they're gonna, they're gonna, they have to win the league. They, they're trying to win the Champions League this year. They're gonna get a better group, and they got arguably the easiest group of any group. They're gonna go to Ukraine, Croatia, and then Italy. Yeah, there, there's, there's no strong number two in that group. So how, how do you? Are there any other groups like looking through them that really excite you? Well, I think the, I think the sex group is Group F. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have name recognition. You have Barca. You have Dortmund. You have uh, Inter. Uh, yeah, you have Inter Milan in there too. It's it's the attractive group. Group A doesn't look bad either, with uh, PSG and Real Madrid. Um, even looking at Group D from, I like say, I like I like bottom. Group D. Yeah, I like uh, Juve, Atleti, Atleti, and uh, you know Leverkusen. Is not a bad squad. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. And then Group G is a joke. Like. Oh, yeah. That Russian. That Russian Zenit St. Petersburg or whatever is. Has no business being in. Being a top seed in a group. Um, Did you see the, their tweet, though, that they had on the day leading up to the to the draw? No. They, they, they changed their profile to. Um, the profile description was the team that everybody wants to draw in the Champions League. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so I thought that, like, they played it. They, like, they they knew that people were thinking that because they were, like you said, they were a pot one team. But, but why? But why? The uh, the best the best thing I saw though. Have you seen? Because I know you didn't watch though. Did you watch the draw live? No, I was training people. I didn't have the opportunity to watch it live. Did you see the reaction of the? Uh, I think it's what Slavia Prague, uh, the the fourth team in Group F, when they saw that they were also in the group with uh, <laughs> Barca, Dortmund, and Enter. No, what they say or what they do? Just the facial expression, just the the look the guy gave was like, oh shit, we got. <laughs> He just looks uh, down, kind of puts his hand, just his hand to his face, and it's like, "Oh, here we go." And he just kind of laughed. He's like, "All right, why not?" <laughs> think of all the money they're gonna make. 
Oh yeah. Think of all the money they're going to make going to Dortmund, going to Barca, going to Inter in Italy if they don't have their whole stadium shut down for racism. Like that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good uh, trip for them. They're going to make some good uh, some good money. There's a lot of money to be made in the Champions League. It's it's a cash grab for sure. Oh, but for sure. But let's talk know, about the actual cash grab. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh? What what are you referring to? I'm referring to um, the biggest named money team in the Premier League and the competition they're playing in, Man United. So money can buy uh, money can buy players, but it can't buy you a entrance into the Champions League, huh? No, it can't. Um, as as evidenced by Man United, who will be in the Europa League with a good um. With one of your your best uh, favorite clubs, right, Arsenal? Yeah, you know you hate to see clubs <laughs> with that kind of prestige and that kind of pedigree um, not make the Champions League. You know they're going to. For all you non soccer fans that are listening to this, which thank you for listening, um, I'll I'll put this into kind of an American analogy. So the Champions League is basically uh, the NCAA basketball tournament, right? It's March Madness. It's the big deal. Uh, the Europa League is basically the NIT. <laughs> it's you know it's the teams that aren't really good enough to make it into the the big dance, if you will. They they go play in the NIT or the not invited tournament, and so we'll get to see you know Arsenal and Man United really where they belong, the losers that they are, against irrelevant teams. Which actually we'll we'll talk about some of those teams maybe later on. Yeah, um, I told you not to look at who was in the draw because I have. Uh, we're going to play a fun game involving some Europa League teams, but they're going to have some fun nights out in eastern Ru- uh, Eastern Russia, oh. the far eastern, before they get into the Asian part of Russia. You know, play- the Asia Russia playing out in like a you know a cow field somewhere. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's going to be you know what a night. You know, beautiful Thursday nights in the Europa League. And this isn't even like you say the NIT, but the NIT at least has some precedence to it. And it was it was historically the the tournament like NIT was the main tournament until March Madness and NCAA got involved and they had their own big tournament and all that good stuff. Like so the Europa League doesn't even have that. Like the Europa League was brought in as a total cash grab, total cash grab. And the and it's kind of a joke. And even just talking about the Champions League, draw a second. Why Chelsea? Because they won the Europa League. They were a pot one team in the Champions League draw, just because they won a Europa. Like I think it should win you a, a place into the Champions League, but giving you, like putting you in the best of the best. Eh. You know they won the Europa League. There's there's another team floating around out there that you know may or may not have made the final last year that to me um might be slightly more prestigious than winning the europa league just my opinion i I may be slightly biased when i mention that but you know just just something i could throw out there let me throw it i'll i got a glove i can catch it what's up uh you know i think maybe tottenham should have gotten maybe some preference over chelsea it it um, also doesn't uh, didn't hurt that I despise Chelsea and their racist fans, but let's not generalize. There is a they there is a subset though of fans. There, as was evidenced by their trip to Paris a couple of years ago, where they 
there's a small group because I don't want to generalize about an entire fan group. That's unfair because there are some Chelsea fans who are, especially now that um, Kristen Pulisic, uh, Pulisic, excuse me, is a um, is a staple on the team. I think there are a lot of U.S. fans. I think mostly U.S. fans are not going to be that stereotypical Chelsea um, kind of uh, racial type um, fandom. There are great people here in here in Columbus and maybe even listen to the pod who who are Chelsea fans, and I don't want to throw them under the bus, but. They do have a history. And I mean, even as a Liverpool fan, Liverpool does not have a great history either. Like fine people li- on both sides, you know? Fine, oh, fine people on both sides. I'm not saying fine people. I do not condone the people who do have that type of um, history following the club and treating people like total garbage. But because um, they are garbage, if they treat people like they're worse than garbage, Absolutely. actually, they're like the juice that forms at the bottom of the garbage. Ooh, garbage juice. Garbage juice. Um, so I don't want it, but I don't want to throw every Chelsea fan under the bus. But there is a subset, and they're known for it because the bad stuff always gets, you know, more, it more pumped gets, than anything else. Sure. Yeah, it gets thrown through the megaphone a little louder than the good things that, you know, fans might do. But having um, recent history, having Jose Mourinho on the, on the squad and some of the stuff off the field with their fans, yeah, it hasn't been. Um, Owned by a Russian oligarch, it hasn't been the, um, like the, uh, the the guy on the white steed, the 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 great knight saving the day. They've kind of played the the heel over the last few years. But no, I, I see what you're saying. But yeah, like I said earlier, Liverpool was pot four after they lost the Champions League final. So um, you take what you can get. You're in the Champions League, Brian. Hey, get there. I've That's half the battle. Puzzle. As a Liverpool fan, I have seen a lot of. Um, I've watched Europa League matches. <laughs> I've, I've had to watch those, those cold, cold nights in Russia. There is one match because the time difference is so great. Like they played the match at three o'clock, which um, our time, Eastern time, three o'clock, which in England is like eight o'clock, which in Russia, where they played one of the matches, was like one or two in the morning, and they were oh, playing in, in basically an empty stadium not like mls empty but almost nobody was in the stands i watched that entire match that's (laughs) insane so i i respect those uh europa league fans who especially the ones traveling if you live in europe and you're going to these sketchy places where you probably have to bribe the police to get there that's um more power to you far-flung uh former soviet states out yeah. there speaking of of racism in sports so we we kind of have an update to a story that we talked about last week right with the mls yeah and our buddies in cincinnati oh we talked we talked long and hard about did you i i sent you the tweet brian i wanted you to check out the tweet because this one's um this is tasty we talked about the hell is real match last time around because i went down there and it was a good match and crew won and it was really fun and all that good stuff but um apparently mls had a uh, had a conference call with fc cincinnati that week and they were not too fond of some of the iron front signs that were readily available in the supporter section being flown with great vigor until you know we were up three to zero and then it stopped flying as much but they um they came out and they told the fans that they reserve the right to suspend a person who brings the flag six to twelve months if they bring a if they bring a symbol that is anti-Nazi, anti-fascism to a soccer match. They clarified 
And I'm going to go through some things. They said they clarified the specifics of, hey, you can wear a shirt that has the Iron Front logo, but you can't have a sign. You can't do anything like that. And they even showed pictures of a Portland Thorns player and a Portland Timbers player wearing the Iron Front logo, which, funny enough, was photos taken after the league tried to crack down on it. So they were wearing them in response to the league, which I think is hilarious. But at the end of the little memo they send to the to the fans and the memo that they send out to the supporters groups, it says, and I'll read it, on match day, if you spot a banner or flag garnishing the Iron Front logo, please feel free to take, well, it says to talk photo of the flag. What they really meant to say was to take a photo of the flag slash individual so the stadium ops team can address the issue in real time. So they're actively asking their supporters groups, if you see somebody carrying an iron front sign to the stadium, you need to let us know. You need to tell on them so we can get them out of the stadium. I mean, so many (laughs) pearls, so many pearls being clutched right now. I mean, it's... I, you know, I don't know about you, but one thing my parents taught me when I was a, a young, a young man is, you know, don't be a tattletale, I mm-hmm. think was something, you know, cause I, I was that kid. I liked to well, don't would, be a fascist and then don't be a tattletale. Yeah. Well, you would think the fascist would come first. Um, and it did in my house, but you know, among other folks, you know, some folks didn't get that lesson. I, I get that, you know, don't be a snitch was first. Um, and don't be a fascist snitch is probably, I mean, the worst, right? That's a, that's a pretty bad combination of what you could be. But, I mean, are we serious right now? Like, are you going to wep- You're going to turn your own fans against other fans? Yeah, that's um, that's real secret police type stuff. There, that's pretty. That's pretty. Like, that's pretty. That's pretty fascist, if you ask me. I mean. <laughs> guys what are we it's it's a logo it's are getting we, out of hand like they have they have handled this exactly the wrong way because what they have done is drawn attention to it oh yeah it's a, for sure. it's a it's a thing now it wasn't a thing before nobody cared but now it's a thing so when you know it's like when you tell I don't have kids, but I'm sure this happens with your kids. If you tell your kids not to do something, they hadn't even thought of doing it before. But now that you told them not to do it, oh well, I I gotta do it now. <laughs> and I don't think that's just kids. I think that's everybody. The more you tell somebody to do something, especially certain like usually rule followers, they're not going to be the ones who um, who are reacting that way. But there are some people like myself included. Like my wife will say something like I'll I'll joke around and I'll like whenever she says something I'll be like what and she'll say something else I'll be like what and she'll keep saying the same thing until I do it and then she says stop it and then my next thing in my head I'm like oh I want to say what right now so bad did but you get I don't... that from Stone Cold Steve Austin no I don't it wasn't Stone Cold Steve Austin no that, that, although um, there are other things I could probably take from him he has a good he has a good heck of a podcast so. I'll give him that much, uh, but no, I, 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 that's what exactly the thing I was the same thing I was thinking that if they're telling you not to do it, you want to more and more. You want to do it. You want to do what they're saying now, especially like we talked about it last week a little bit. But they, they, 
they prop these fans up and they prop fan culture up and they want you to become a, a soccer fan and give them money and come out to the stadium and buy concessions and all that stuff and get other people to come out to the match. They will use you as an advertisement. They will actively give people warnings for bringing smoke bombs into the stadium and then they will use the smoke bombs in their advertising when they show the fans. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Smoke. So the, they're not against the hypocrisy of it all. But smoke bombs still happen at these matches and people still bring these flags out to the matches. And uh, I, how would you handle it, Bryant? If you were, um, if you were in that situation, how would you handle something like this? If you were the league? I think you, I think you embrace it. Honestly, I think you see it and I get it. It's, it's the, the league is, let's be honest. It's run by, it's a, First off, like we said last week, it's a real estate scam. It's um, a business, yeah. But it's owned by it's mostly owned by old white dudes who, let's be honest, their politics probably tend to skew conservative. Um, I won't go as to, so far as to call them a as far as to call them fascists by any means. Oh, I don't no. I don't I don't think they embrace fascism, at least not directly. Um, I think some of them. They just want to pay less taxes. They don't want to pay taxes and all the money they make. Uh, you know, we the phrase I've heard most often is you know economic anxiety, right? They're they're very economically anxious folk. Um, but I think you know your fan base. What you don't want to do here is alienate your fan base. You've got people. MLS is not exactly you know some places are doing really well. Don't get me wrong. But there are a lot of places in MLS when you watch the games where there's it's they're not exactly selling out their games. And the crew have had that problem. You can point back to marketing of the prior investor sure. operator group and they, they, they didn't do any favors for the team and it takes a while to come back from that. But yeah, they do um they prop up cities and then once a new city comes on, like once Seattle and Portland, once that's not as popular and Atlanta comes up. Atlanta's the new darling and Orlando was the darling for a season until Atlanta came around and there's always a new darling. There's always a new team that gets propped up and then population or the attendance falls in the prior darling cities. So what they're doing Except for is, Seattle and Portland, I will give them that credit. They do fill up a stadium really well. They, they do well, but what you're doing is basically alienate alienating your most ardent supporters. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking the people that are coming to these matches that are coming, that are cheering, that are being excited, that are creating atmosphere, which you claim is something that you want. Soccer in general, the history of soccer and soccer in Europe is incredibly political. Like it's, you know, you look at, uh, you know, Real Madrid, the word Real literally comes from Royal. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's relating to royalty in Spain. I mean, it, you know, you go to these games in Europe, and they're they're political. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you really, you know, if you want that here, I know there's that stick to sports mentality, but I think that tends to more to be stick to sports unless you've got an opinion that I agree with. Oh, right, for sure. Because if it, uh, you know, if it's a, you know, not that you know I'm not pro troops or pro military or pro America by you know, my brother-in-law's a Marine. I love, I'm, I'm about as patriotic as you're going to find, but you know, that's a political stance, Yeah. but it's a political stance that you agree with. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. They, um, I like I said, the monetary anxiety or the financial anxiety, because I think you see the same thing with why they don't talk out against it or why they don't do it. And I mentioned it last week, so I won't beat the dead horse there. But yeah, it's it's getting a little more ridiculous. I'm just waiting for the crew to have some sort of response to it because they do have the Iron Front logo on the... Um, they've had it up on Capo stands. They've had it up in the Nordeca. It's not something that they have shied away against. Um, and I have not heard of anything about it being taken down. I, I set out a question to some folks on Twitter to see, hey, have they sent any kind of response out to the team or to the fans? And I, as far as I know, nothing has happened. And nobody responded to me. It's okay. I'm not out here to for the friendship of it all. But um, yeah, I, I haven't seen any kind of responses, but I'm just waiting. Because so, the MLS and Don Garber, he does stuff because the investor operators agree to do stuff. And he's trying to, there. he's there to make them lots and lots of money. And he's doing a good job. You can see by uh, evidence for all these different cities wanting teams. And they're foaming at the mouth to get a team. He, um, uh, So they do have some say in it. But this seems very um, yes band kind of thing to do. Like, yes, sir. Yes, MLS. I will do that. Yes, I will go ahead and I will fight for that. Yes, I will tell my supporters to tell on each other. That's kind of, yeah. There's, there's a business part of it, but... It's so hard to get behind. It's so hard to support it. It's, I mean, we've it, we spent more time watching Premier League matches, and we spend more time talking about that than we do a league in our own country. Yeah. What are you doing over there? Are you doing the dishes while you're recording this? Sorry, no, I took a sip of water from my... Uh... I'm using a metal cup with a metal straw. Save the save the trees, guys. Use a metal straw. Save the trees, but man, is it uh, is it loud? That's, that's what editing. That's what editing's for. We, Why we have to have... do all the editing? I'm not editing anything. I'm putting music in this, and that's about it. That's the extent of my editing. Well, people can hear my loud uh, <laughs> my my loud ice and and metal cup. So, well, Brian, ice. That's a great um, that's a great item to bring up because. Uh, we all did you see the solution for the hurricane that's coming? Hurricane Dorian coming to Florida. It might have hit by now. I haven't seen news updates, but uh, do you see how we can stop the hurricane from coming? As a, as a as the resident Floridian <laughs> on the show, I think this man's brilliant. It to be know, fair, he's not a he's not a native Floridian. He's a retiree who moved to Florida. But continue. He oh, has a I'm, very New York accent. Once you come to Florida, you're a Floridian. The crazy, the crazy infects you almost immediately. And it's, once you cross state lines, it's like, it's like an injection. He basically becomes hashtag Florida man. Um, <laughs> you know, but it tr- the the logic tracks here. So you know, you've got warm water. The hurricane hits warm water and and gathers gathers strength. I'm, I don't consider myself a meteorologist. I do have a good friend who studied meteorology in college, and he could probably explain this much better than I could. Shout out to Mike. Um, but, you Good know, it hit, hits that warm water, makes the hurricane grow and, and shrink somehow. So this guy's idea, let's take the Navy out there. Let's have them dump a bunch of ice in the water, cool the water down, and we're going to stop the hurricane. That. That makes total sense. When I shared this with my wife, she kind of gave me a look like, okay, 
that's kind of crazy. And then I told her the second part he said. He's like, we got an Air Force. Why can't we get the Air Force to fly around the hurricane and change the wind direction? And when I told her that, she was like, oh, my God, the ice actually sounds like it makes sense now. <laughs> like, in, com- in comparison, if, you sh- if it's just the ice. Okay, the ice part is funny, and it grabs the headlines. But I thought the Air Force part, the planes changing the direction of the wind, was just hashtag chef kiss. That was a beautiful addition to it. Like, really icing on the cake. I mean, this man should be in charge of something. Like, I got a perfect idea. All right, you ready? He I'm is ready. the new chairman or whatever position for Space Force. I think they call it czar in, in certain types of governments. Yeah, he's the czar of the Space Force. Well, that, that tracks given the Russian ties within our, uh, within our government. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've Space heard, Force. I've never seen a Category 5. I've never seen one. It's, it's never seen... He's Except for the four had, other times. I was going to say he's had four within his print. Like, oh, sorry. He's, he's an idiot. God. If Trump watches that video, he might make him part of his cabinet for oh, at least a couple months until he gets fired. He's already reached out to him. I mean, he's oh. going gonna, gonna to be uh, you know, Secretary of Energy. When Rick Perry uh, leaves as Secretary of Energy, I think he's going to get in there and really, um, really help him out. I'm really excited for um, Florida Man's book deal. For when he gets fired from his job in a in a month, I can't wait for the book deal and, and then, then the, the dance and then the dancing with the stars. With the stars. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see him cut a rug with a uh, with one of those professional dancers. He's gonna get on. You know, he'll have a nice uh, time to speak on CNN. You know, they'll mm-hmm. bring him in. He'll have a little show. He'll be run on to talk on panels and things. It's it's gonna be wonderful for him. Him and Tucker Carlson will go share a, a mojito. Um, That'll be Tucker, nice if he Tucker, ever gets back on the air. Tucker Carlson doesn't like mojitos, Thomas. They're a little too little too ethnic for him. He's a he uh, likes white Russians. <laughs> he's he, white Russians are a good one for him. Absolutely, not any. Uh, um, that's no offense to the dude. No, you know, you know, my my feelings on the dude are well documented at this point. And well, that's uh, just like your that's just like your opinion, man. Chef kiss. Love it. <laughs> oh, well, um, in all in all seriousness, though, I know you have family in Florida, and I'm not a geogra- uh, geography. I'm not a geography or a speaking buff, but um, hopefully, your family is. Um, if they're not, hopefully, they're not within the 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 path of the storm. And if they are, hopefully, they're all uh, bunkered down, and they're they're pretty much lifelong Floridians. I know your dad um, came a little later. Um, in his life, but hopefully they're okay and they have a good plan for everything. Yeah, they're they're well out of the path. Um, Gainesville good. and kind of the areas is more more to the west, and then it's pretty landlocked. So yeah, I'm I'm not overly concerned about them. They they'll probably get a little bit of rain, a little bit of wind, um, but nothing too bad um, for my family at least. But obviously, everybody in Florida, be safe. We're thinking about you. Mm-hmm. If anybody in Florida is actually listening to this. Yeah. And then also in Georgia and South Carolina, North Carolina. I mean, I've, I've talked to multiple people at work where they had, they were in the outer banks this week and had to evacuate. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's rough. I just, you know, it's all for the safety of people. So hopefully there's nothing too extreme that comes from it. The good thing, 
Well, not the good thing for a country like the Bahamas. Hopefully that that storm has moved on from the Bahamas because it's kind of just sat over there yeah. for for a long time, like 12, I think it was half a day to a day where it just sat there and it was moving so slowly. But it moves slow enough where folks have had enough time to be able to prepare for it or get out. And then with the Labor Day weekend too, the timing of it, it allowed people to kind of get out of harm's way. So hopefully it minimizes the damage that happens. Although I know in the Bahamas right now, there's really um, can't really say anything about that because they've gone through a lot and hopefully whenever it, it goes over and they can assess the damage that people can help out and either monetarily or going down there and helping and Absolutely. being a big part of it. So uh, keep watching your social medias for that kind of stuff because that's always a worthwhile cause. Just make sure you're donating to a place that actually uses the money and isn't just lining the pockets of a CEO. So look into these places before you donate. That's my soapbox. 100% agreed. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, before we finish the show today, we thought we would play a game. Um, <coughs> have a little fun with it. Um, and I'm going to butcher a lot of pronunciations because the game we're going to play is European Food Dish or Europa League Team. Ooh, can't wait. Oh, this is this is right <laughs> up my alley. I like to eat. I like uh, like like football. This this should be great. I mean, I had to re- I read one of them and I was like, "Wait, which one is that?" And I even have a description next to it. So there are 10 of them in total. We're going to walk down the list and I'm going to see how well you know um Premier League team or not Premier League, but uh, Europa League teams. None of them are in Arsenal or Man United's group either. So weep womp. I have Okay. A, go for it. Let's see. The first one, Shashlik. Shashlik. <laughs> I'll go with a Europa League team. Oh, no. It is a Russian kebab. A Russian kebab. Shashlik. So now you are um, you're 0 for 1. Not, okay. too, not doing a great job so far. That's okay. Um Number two, Krasnodar. Krasnodar. I'll go uh, Europa League team. You were playing the odds on that one that I wouldn't repeat a food dish twice, and you were right. It is a, um, it is a Europa League team. They are in Group C, and they're a part of the Russian Premier League. Da. Da. <laughs> Number three. Uh, Dudelange. Dudelange. Sounds like food. I'm going to go food. They are part of Group A. They are a team from Luxembourg. Oh, so you are. You got one point out of three. You're not up. I mean, if this was a baseball career, you're batting 300. So, I mean, that's not bad. I'm actually batting 333. So oh, excuse me. You're, I'm an all. I'm an all star. You're the mathematician here. My mistake. We've only had three at bats too, so I don't think the sample size is large enough. Number four, um, Yershig. 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 Could you use it in a sentence? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is coming from a former spelling bee champion in middle school. Oh, okay. Um, your shig. We'll go with food. I will say it's. I will say it's a noun. 
And it is Ar- Armenian spicy beef sausage. You're shig. Sounds so lovely. You, you're two for four. Your batting average has popped up to 500. Boom. Pretty soon I'm not going to be able to get these averages. So um, I might have you help me out. All right, number five. Trabzonspor. Trabzonspor. I'll go. Uh, I'll go. A lot of consonants in that one right there. I'll go uh, Europa League team. It is. They're in Group C with uh, Krasnodar. They are a Turkish league team. So you're really, um, you're really coming back. This is, um, this is a strong comeback. You're, you're a second half player anyway. Absolutely. Everyone, everyone knows that. Um, number six, Cluj. 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 Hmm. I'll go. Let's go food. Oh no! It is a Romanian professional league team. They are in Group E, um, Cluj. So that I think they're technically like CRV Cluj or something like that. But um, there were no vowels in the first part, so I wasn't going to try. All right, number seven, Siudi Plov. Siudi Plov. Is that two words or one? That is two words. <laughs> S S Y U D I space P L O V, Siudi Plov. I'm gonna go food. Yes, it is an Azerbaijanian rice cooked in milk. Oh God, that sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about oh. to say it sounds delicious, but okay. Um, all right, number eight. You got three more left. Um, Shakir Kayaks. Shakir Kayaks. I think that's a team in the Europa League. Um, that is a Ukrainian dessert, traditional oh. Ukrainian dessert. It's similar to baklava. Ooh, baklava is delicious. Yeah, so maybe Shakir Kayaks is right up your alley then. Um, number nine, Pelmini. Pelmini. Hmm. Europa League team. No, it is a Russian pastry dumpling filled with meat, which does it sounds pretty Russian to me. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm in. Uh, all right, final one. Are you ready? As ready as I'm gonna be. You have five. You have four right now. You get this one right, and you're batting five hundred. You're a, you're a Hall of Famer. Tony Gwynn, they talk about Tony Gwynn, and they're like, who's Tony Gwynn? He was a bum. He was a bum, if you get this right. But let's see if you get it right first before you start calling Tony Gwynn a bum. Okay, let's relax. Uh, number 10. Lask Linz. Lask Linz. Two words. I'll go Europa League team. Kutch, you're right. Yeah, that was a Europa Good job. I mean, I put one, two, three, four, five. I put it was five and five. I didn't okay. even try it. I didn't even try that. I think I it just it just landed that way. But no, um 
great job. I'm really hungry now. Yeah, yeah. After talking go, about this, could I go for go, some some pierogi. I could go for some trebs and spore right now. Oh, that was a team. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, whew, I'm hungry. All right. Well, good job. You got um, you got five out of ten. That's a that's a respectable effort. If we're looking at a grading scale, though, unfortunately, you failed. Story of my life. It's fun. really really bad but hey you're a florida state graduate so you didn't fail all the time i mean how could you at florida state yeah exactly because they um stringent um academic standards okay well this was fun i really um i really enjoyed this brian it's been it's been wonderful thomas i've I've had a had a great time as always yeah this is good i think we need to um maybe we should bring on some guests in the future that'd be good wouldn't it yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, you know before maybe the big Tottenham Liverpool clash in October, we could maybe get Adam on to talk a little bit. We could do like a cross, like a do like a crossover episode. You know, kind of like when um, Urkel was on Full House, or like the Flintstones meet the Jetsons, or okay, I'm yes. thinking TGIF. That works. Yeah, I forgot Urkel was on an episode of Full House. Like whenever the um, daughter from Step by Step, I forget her name, she was on an episode of Boy Meets World where Corey goes to Epcot to get Topanga back. Ooh, classic. One of the one of the underrated 90s TV theme songs. Which one? Boy Meets World? Uh, step by or Step. Step by Step, yeah. And then having Patrick Duffy and his hair just flowing at that amusement park. That, Suzanne Suzanne Summers, I believe, yeah. was there as well. Oh, she was. Yeah, Suzanne Summers. But I, a good Patrick Duffy setting. I can't, you know. I, no offense to Susan Summers. She's had her, she's had a very illustrious career. The thigh I mean, master. The thigh master sold millions. It was like the athletic version of the, the George Foreman Grilla machine. I mean, it put her on the map. But um, that was a great theme song. I thought you were talking about Boy Meets World because they changed their theme song. Like it's whenever they're Boy in Element. That was the second. No, that was the third one, I think. That's the, the first. One stands out the, the most to me. Well, the first one was when it was just like a. Do 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 do. Oh, yeah. And then it was like. You get what I'm saying. It had a lot of different songs. It like it kept changing. It was kind of like Andy Bernard in the office. They kept changing the character. The song goes through four or five different shifts. And you're like, is this the same song that started it? Do you have an all-time favorite Boy Meets World episode? Oh, all-time favorite Boy Meets World episode. Oh, I because there's one that stands out to me immediately. I do like the one where they tried to do the the Fred Flintstone. Where Corey went from Topanga Sweet Sixteen to um, Frankie's dad's wrestling match when his dad was Vader. Yeah, his yes. dad was Vader. They're trying to go back and forth the two episodes. Um, the other one I like was the Super Bowl episode where Mr. Feeney gets real mad at him, and they're like, "Your assignment is to get Super Bowl tickets," and it's like Topanga, you're not allowed to help them at all. And Classic. Sean was the only one, and he he eventually gets through it. I'm not trying to ruin the ending of it, but it came out like 20 years ago. He uh, he came and he uh, he got to the Super Bowl. He got on TV and stuff. Whew, there are a lot of good movies, World episodes here. We should have like a special edition 
where we have um, where we have Ben Savage on the show. There's he's a, a friend of the he's a friend of the show. Friend of the pod, sure. There's yeah. there's a classic tearjerker episode. That the first one that always comes to my mind is the later episode where Sean uh, joins the cult. Oh, I remember that one. That's a good one. Uh, and then, uh, wow, the teacher just threw just completely went out of my head, Mister Turner. Mister Turner. Mister Turner, Turner like gets in the motorcycle wreck and like almost dies. Uh, yeah, and then the part um, that one was real—that's how they actually got him off the show. Yeah, was that motorcycle wreck? When you were saying that, okay, the last thing we'll share, Boy Meets World. We could talk about this for a while. The one episode that really got me too was um, when there was a gang that he was joining, which is very similar to the cult episode if you think about it. Yes, but there was a gang that he was a part of, like a like a not a big gang, but they went to the school and. Feeney was trying to get Sean to take a standardized test and he didn't want to take it. So they were going to go to the school and cause some graffiti or like tear up the school and all that stuff. And then, uh, Corey and, uh, Topanga come up and they're about to be, you know, uh, confront Sean and his new friends and his new goons and stuff. But then they eventually Sean stops and then they clean up all the trash and Mr. Feeney's there and they come and help him. I'm getting choked up just thinking about it now. Oh. Wow. Do you remember Believe- that episode? I that do. Me? No, that's a class. You know, all the episodes are on Hulu. Yeah, they are. I, I believe right now I may need to get a Boy Meets World marathon going. I think you should. I think it'll really um, puts you in the right puts you in the right zone. Even when Minkus disappears for seven or eight seasons and then comes back on the last oh. episode of the high school edition. Minkus. I forget about Minkus. Yeah. Oh, well, this was, this took a fun turn at the end here, didn't it? Lovely. Such a, such a great time. Oh, well, um, Brian, I had a, I had a good time. Thank you for, for joining. I know we just said that like 10 minutes ago before we went on the first, um, imitating theme songs from TGIF shows and then talking about our favorite boy meets world episodes. I really feel like we could unpack this a lot more, but not tonight. Um, just so everybody knows, thank you for everyone who's listened so far. We're only on Spotify right now. So the fact that we've had seven people, well, maybe Bryant seven times, but we've had seven people press play going into the Spotify app is a, is a, is a gem in and of itself. So thank you so much. But pretty soon we'll be on um, iTunes and we'll be on um, Google Podcasts and we'll be on Overcast and any of the other reputable podcast apps. So pretty soon, you know, we're going to... Um, Maybe break double digits. Let's not get crazy, but um, just an idea. But once we do, go ahead and give us a great review on whatever page you're on. Not every podcast app lets you do reviews, but the ones that do let you do it, go ahead and give us a review because that way other people can listen and they can watch it and they can be a part of all the uh, um, Boy Meets World fun that our next episode will be. And if you know if you're on Twitter, follow us at at Bryant and me. You can follow myself at at Pickle chips, where the I's are replaced by ones. Thomas, what's your Twitter Twitter handle? It is one Thomas Costello. That's number enough. one Thomas Costello. There's no um, no spaces, no um, punctuation, no underscore, or not underscores, but dashes or anything like that. I think it's underscore. Uh, nothing like that. Yeah, um, we're looking forward to uh, to doing more of these. This will be fun, but. Uh, Thanks so much for spending a little time with us tonight.
You stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> stay classy, San Diego. All right, sir. You have a great night. You do the same. Bye now. Bye-bye.